300,000 spectators. Uh, they were in cheer zones with tons of energy. Do, do what you know, and you don't want to try anything new on race week, and it definitely don't want to try anything new on race day. Hey, ladies and gents, it is late Friday night when I'm releasing this podcast, kind of a a Friday food for thought. We try to do these uh, kind of shorter episodes uh, every now and then. Uh, And this one, as promised uh, earlier this week, um, I interviewed my uncle, Jim Rossborough, an 86-year-old triathlete who's now retired after 130 races. And uh, so check out that episode for sure, episode 126 of Run the Race. Uh, I promised you that I would give you a recap of my latest marathon, which was in my 20th state, Minnesota. And uh, if you didn't know already, I have the goal of running a marathon in all 50 states. So I headed up to Minnesota, the land of lakes. I had a great time. And so I wanted to kind of give you a lowdown of how everything happened uh, before, during, and after that race. And uh, you might be able to hear it from my voice a little bit and my sniffles that uh, I still have congestion. I've been fighting it really for about two or three weeks now. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I still have a voice to be able to anchor TV news and to be able to do this podcast. But, you know, I um, didn't know how this race would go because I've been kind of blowing my nose and dealing with congestion, taking medicine for really two weeks prior to doing these 26.2 miles. It actually ended up being 26 and a half miles through the uh, state of Minnesota. And so I uh, just want to give you uh, an idea of uh, kind of how it went. We had, uh, we're supposed to be about 9,000 participants uh, that were signed up for. This was a sold out race, sold out about a week or two before. And um, I think there were only about 7,000 finishers or a little less than that. But uh, it was really cool. One of my favorite things about this race what I really loved about it, it was all the spectators. There were 30,000 people lined up all along that route. We started at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Minnesota Vikings play in Minneapolis. It was point to point. So we went from there uh, and ran kind of all the way around. We ran around the Mississippi River a little bit and then uh, down south a little bit and then did a little loop. We ran by about five lakes uh, according to the uh, marathon route and ended up in St. Paul. Uh, at the uh, the main government building, the Capitol there in St. Paul. So pretty cool point-to-point. Of course, they call it the Twin Cities Marathon. And uh, pretty cool, uh, amazing crowd support, like I mentioned. Amazing volunteers. They had thousands of those out there. Um, and what, what I one of the things I enjoyed about this most is, you know, when you're planning these races and uh, trying to figure out the logistics, and you, if you're going somewhere several states away, you may not get to drive, so you have to pay for flights, you have to pay for hotel, possibly car rental. All that gets quite expensive. So uh, one of the great things about me is I had free transportation and free lodging because one of my best friends, Pastor Joe Banks and his wife Sarah and their two kids live um, in Lakeville, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. And so I got to stay with them and he picked me up from the airport. He dropped me off the marathon uh, about seven that morning central time, about an hour before the race. And then he picked me up for the marathon afterwards. Uh, again, point to point, so you can really—if you park somewhere at the start, you you're not going to be you're not going to be at your car at the finish. So you got to figure that out. And some people do drop bags and things like that. So um, it was uh, you know great to see all that big crowd out there. We uh, one of the first things we ran by again. We started at the Minnesota Vikings Stadium, and by the way, the Minnesota Vikings did not have a game. This was a Sunday marathon. They did not have a game in Minneapolis that day. In fact. They had a 930 
Central Time or Eastern Time game being played during the marathon in London. So the Vikings uh, actually ended up uh, winning that game, I think, by a field goal, very close game. It was kind of funny. You know, they have lots of signs throughout the your the whole time you're at the marathon. And uh, some of the places were actually updating folks on the Minnesota Vikings score since this race happened, uh, you know, in Minneapolis. People care about the Vikings, obviously. And uh, one one place, a little homemade aid stations in, in somebody's yard as we're running by, had a big screen TV showing the uh, Vikings game. Pretty cool uh, to, to be able to be a part of that. Uh, let me take you back in time a little bit to, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, well, how do you train for a marathon? So I've run about... I think a total of 23 of these so far. Again, this is my 20th different state running a marathon or 26.2 miles. Training, um, if you're going to do it right, it will take you about three to four months. Uh, could be longer, could be shorter, depending on your experience with long distance races. Some people will uh, you know, not run as many miles or not run every day. Uh, some people will run as many as 100 miles a, a week at some points. Uh, those are usually professionals or people that are more elite runners. Uh, for me, I'm still doing a run streak. So uh, I'm, I think, on four months on this one now after doing it for two years. And um, I, uh, I typically, in this training at least, I averaged about 20 to 50 miles per week over the course of about three and a half, four months. So uh, my lowest was 20, kind of when I was getting started and ramping up those miles. My, I topped off about 50. I think the most ever I've run miles in a week is like 65 or 70. So this wasn't a necessarily a high volume training, but you know, life gets busy and it's been very hot here in Georgia and Alabama where I train and run. So that's uh, definitely good uh, training for wherever you run, but uh, the weather was good in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, I think when we started running, it was the low 50s. ended up being the high 60s when I finished. I started about 8.06 a.m. Central Time and finished um, you know, around 12.30 or a little before that. So uh, my official race time was four hours and 21 minutes, uh, which out of my 20 marathons is probably middle of the pack, probably could be top 10. And because uh, most of my marathons start with a four in terms of my finish time, four hours. I've had a couple in the low five-hour range. <laughs> but um, the weather was great, uh, 50s and 60s. Hard to beat that when you're running out there. And, and uh, in fact, I didn't sweat a whole lot, which is kind of unique. Maybe because it wasn't as humid in Minnesota. Had a little bit of a breeze. And uh, so uh, I was staying hydrated, which usually, you know, you want to sweat a little bit. <clears throat> um, I only took one walk break. Um, besides the, uh, the, the aid stations they had up there. And, um, there was, I think 14 aid stations and I stopped at maybe a dozen of those. And when I'm stopping at aid stations, they offered up, you know, different things. They offered up cups of water or cups of what's called noon N U U N, I believe is how it's spelled. And that's endurance electrolytes. It's kind of like watered down Gatorade or Powerade. So I would take one or the other and stopped at about maybe 11 or 12 of those. I skipped the very first one because, you know, going back a little further as well, um, food is important uh, before, during, and after a race like this. So, um, you know, I actually did something different this time. It wasn't just about carving up the night before. I did this thing where I kind of depleted my body of carbs. So about three or four days before that Friday, I was doing high protein, very low carb diet, 
and kind of, you know, uh, just kind of my body kind of telling it, hey, no carbs, no carbs, very little carbs. And then on Friday and the Saturday before the race, I ate more carbs, you know, breads, uh, mashed potatoes, uh, pasta, those kind of things. I tried to stay away, you know, the day or two before from fried foods or spicy foods or Mexican things that might upset my stomach, potentially seafood that you maybe don't know about. So you want to stay away from things like that. Stick with what you know. If you if you eat pasta or pizza the night before a big race, an event, perhaps a marathon in the past, and it's worked out for you, stick with that. Do do what you know, and you don't want to try anything new on race week, and it definitely don't want to try anything new on race day. I use these uh, shot blocks. It's a Cliff um, product, and I stuck about uh, two sleeves of that in my pocket, and uh, <clears throat> two of those equals about probably about 75 calories and loaded with carbs and sugar. So about every four miles, which is for me is about every 35 to 45 minutes, I'm taking two of those and chase it with water. And maybe in between those, maybe two miles later, I might drink some noon, some of that Gatorade type stuff or electrolytes. So I'm trying to get electrolytes and nutrition as I keep going the whole 26 miles. So in the end, I've taken about maybe 12 of those shot blocks, um, little cubes that you eat, and uh, again, that's giving you carbs and sugar as you're going so you don't bonk and you're, you're getting some, you know, a boost of energy as you go because those carbs you ate the night before, which I ate with my, you know, my friend Joe and Sarah, their family, ate a big plate of pasta and sauce. And uh, that's only really even and even the breakfast before I ate like three or four waffles and, and a couple of cups of coffee. That's all going to last you up until about mile 15, maybe mile 20, and then you're going to run out of steam. But you need that nutrition coming in at all times. And getting a good night's sleep is very important. It's tough to get that the night before. You know, I was a little restless. I probably got about six, six and a half hours of sleep, which is not bad, um, you know, the night before race. But the key is to get that sleep those nights before that last day before. Don't wait to get good sleep. And don't wait to hydrate. I've learned that the hard way. You've got to really drink lots of water, lots of electrolytes the two, three, four days before a race, not just waiting the day before or not just thinking you can hydrate enough the day of or during the race if you haven't hydrated the days before because you'll get in trouble, especially if it's hot out there. But luckily, the weather was great. I felt very hydrated. I felt great out there. Um, And uh, I even, you know, when I was running, when you're running with there were three corrals. So my corral was the second of the three. And you got about three, two or 3,000 people in your corral. So you all start at the, pretty much the same time crossing that mat. Um, and a lot of, you know, loads of people behind me and in front of me. And, uh, you know, when you're running with all those people, you know, after the first several miles of being kind of a little more congested on the course, you uh, kind of spread out a little bit. And when you're running with somebody or next to somebody that, again, is a stranger, but they're running maybe the same pace and uh, maybe for 30 seconds or a minute. And so you you know start talking to them, strike up a conversation because the more you can talk to somebody, then you you know will make the time go by faster. So I talked to about four or five strangers for several minutes or maybe for half a mile or a mile running with them uh, during the race, and uh, most of them actually were from Minnesota. They were locals, and one was from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I had my team RWB, a red, white, and blue shirt uh, that. Uh, I wear for several marathons and in support of our military veterans, which we have a lot of here in the Fort Benning area. And so somebody recognized me from that. 
And uh, so it was cardio. Great to make the time go by. I I listen to podcasts sometimes when I'm doing a lot of training runs, but on a marathon like this, especially trying to get pumped up, I'm listening to music, uh, faster music, uh, a running uh, playlist off of Spotify. Uh, that last hour, hour and a half, listening to more Christian upbeat music because uh, you know you're calling out to Jesus. You need you need strength for those final uh, five to ten miles uh, for sure. Um, but um, they had about, you know, again, like I said, 300,000 spectators. Uh, they were in cheer zones with tons of energy. And uh, what again, what I really liked about this race, which it's, it's in my top five or ten now of races I, I enjoy, the, the volunteers were fabulous um, at all those, you know, 14 aid stations. In total, uh, on the course and, you know, before and after the race as well, there were, I think they said, more than 4,000 volunteers for the Twin Cities Marathon in Minnesota, which was, this was the 40th anniversary. So you know that they, they know how to do it. They, they do a good job. They're well-organized. It's a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, so uh, I, I highly recommend the Twin Cities Marathon. In fact, it's called the most beautiful urban marathon in America. And, you know, it sells out like this one did. So, um, and there was some, some, Entertainment on the race, along with uh, we had those signs, people saying you're doing all this for a free banana, um, and they had you know things where you can hit the poster for energy, like a power up, and uh, and then uh, they had one sign towards the end that said, "Yeah, I know you're better than me," you know, and uh, so some funny ones. You run better than the government. Um, chafing the dream. And uh, I can't think of all the signs right now, but there's some really creative ones, some really good ones. And some just, you know, the crowd was, uh, you know, cheering us on. It really helped. Uh, it was a big pick me up. The pack and pick up went well before the race as well at the expo. Uh, there were race pacers. I really didn't use those uh, throughout. Um, and I didn't use this either, but there was free Metro transit for those who had a race bib. Uh, we got a nice tech uh, Brooks shirt, a uh, 40th anniversary uh, hat, some good swag. And we had a really nice 40th anniversary Twin Cities medal at the uh, end of the race. And uh, end of the race, they had what's called the uh, 27th mile. It was a, they had a beer garden and it was, uh, you were spread out with uh, thousands of other marathon finishers on the uh, Capitol lawn in uh, St. Paul. Uh, some of us, a lot of us wrapped it up in our heat sheet they gave us because, you know, you're actually after doing all that running and activity for three to five hours, you're, you get a little cold, a little cool out there, even in the sun. And so they give you these heat blankets, uh, you know, that say Twin Cities 40th marathon on there and you wrap it around yourself to kind of, uh, to, to be, uh, you know, to, to feel better about things. So, uh, that's what I did. And, um, the, uh, recovery, uh, has been good. Uh, I'm about five days removed from the marathon now. And, um, you know, the first day or two after I'm kind of like a creaky old man. Uh, my quads, uh, are, are sore. Sometimes my hips are, but they weren't this time, at least after the race. And, um, but it's much better now. I think I'm, my soreness is gone five days later. Um, but I didn't get any cramps, uh, really, or, or bad muscle soreness during the race, which is good. Means that my training, uh, went well. And then uh, after the cross and the finish line, you're you're exhilarated. You're very happy to be done. Uh, sometimes you're really hungry or thirsty. Sometimes you're not. But uh, you know, I was just glad to get uh, the free snacks and the uh, bottled water there uh, at the uh, the finish line there in St. Paul, Minnesota. 
And uh, then, you know, uh, when, um, you know, a lot of times when you're at a new city in a new state and you want to kind of go to some of the tourist sites, um, what I recommend, and I've learned this the hard way sometimes, like at Disney World before that marathon, that uh, you uh, should not do a ton of walking and running around or hiking or whatever the day or two before a marathon because uh, you'll, you'll pay for that. So I did the touring after, the day after, the Monday after the uh, Twin Cities Marathon with my uh, friend, Pastor Joe, and some of his family. Again, we enjoyed all the you know the local eateries. They took me out to some of the best places. And one of the places I ate the day after uh, was a famous Juicy Lucy. This is a burger off the griddle that they infuse cheese inside of it instead of putting the, the cheese slice on top of it. Very good, uh, very greasy uh, at Matt's Bar. So good, something good to eat after the marathon, the day after. Um, also a very solemn trip to the George Floyd Square there in Minneapolis. Uh, where uh, he was obviously the black man that died a year and a half ago at the hands of a police officer and uh, kind of sparked racial um, tension and riots across the nation. Um, Enjoyed the fall colors of uh, Minnesota since this is October. And, um, you know, again, uh, along with all that great food and touring my friend's church, uh, our last stop was uh, the largest mall in the United States called Mall of America. They've got 520 stores. Uh, we were there for an hour and a half, two hours, and I probably just cracked the service. I probably walked by maybe a hundred of those stores, and so uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, a nice place there in uh, Minneapolis, and um, so it's it's it was an exciting race. I would definitely recommend it highly. Um, in terms of you know where it ranks for me on um, you know on races, I would put it number six. I'll give you a quick rundown of my favorite marathons. Uh, number one, Philadelphia Marathon. I was an ambassador there. I got to meet some famous celebrity runners. I ran with my friend Jimmy. That was great. A uh, Disney World Marathon, number two. I you know, got to run and see Disney characters run by the castle and run through all four Disney parks. Number three was St. Louis, which uh, I did back in the spring. I got my PR. That was under 4.02. Um, again, this race I did was about 4.20-something. Number four is uh, the Houston Marathon. Great crowd support, very equal to what Minneapolis had, maybe even more. There was 20,000 runners there. They got to stay with my uncle, Jim Rossborough, who I talked about on the last podcast. Number five, the Soldier Marathon in Columbus, Fort Benning, which is right here down the road. So it's a local race supporting the military. Uh, highly recommend that. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but there are other marathons that's taken its place. Number six, what I just mentioned, the Twin Cities Marathon. Number seven, the Asheville, North Carolina Marathon. And then number eight, uh, that which is where I'm from originally, number eight, the San Diego Marathon in California, which I did uh, last year. Number nine, the Nashville Marathon, my very first one, a rock and roll with Rolling Hills, very first marathon. I guess that was about um, six years ago. And then number 10, one of my toughest ones, the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon in West Virginia and Kentucky, which I did last summer or a couple uh, summer ago last year and uh, very difficult but you got to run through two states and uh very unique starting in a uh a parking lot of a grocery store with two guys dressed up as Hatfield and McCoy with rifles but once again uh definitely uh recommend you try out the Twin Cities Marathon uh nobody's paying me to say that I just had a great time and hanging out with my friends and uh running the race my 20th state so I'm glad it's done Now it's uh, on to maybe planning the next marathon, which may be in January. 
if uh, my wife allows it. So we will see. But thanks again for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And uh, be sure to uh, um, you know go to the Apple podcast at the bottom of the page. Write a quick review. What, what do you like about this kind of recap or my interviews that we do? And uh, you, know, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast and also listen to any of the previous 126 episodes. So hope you guys have a good one and uh, keep running the race.